do not be afraid to hire people that are better than you. All my direct reports are better than me. They have much more experience than myself. Welcome to Modern Business Operations, where we talk with leaders about how ops is adapting to our modern world. Hello, everyone. Welcome for another episode of Modern Business Operations. My name is Sagi. I'm the founder and CEO of Tonkin. And today, I have the pleasure to host Camila, who is the SVP of Operations at Brex. Hey, Camila, thank you for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Sagi. It's a pleasure being here. I'm so excited to talk because we're actually using Brex, and I think it's a it's a great product. And I think your background is just amazing to, to learn about. So would you mind start by just give us a little bit of background, how you got to this role into Brex in general, and a little bit about Brex too, for people that maybe don't know uh, what you guys are doing. Yes, definitely. And I'd love to hear some live feedback about how Brex is doing, like how we're working as a company for you. And so a little bit about myself and how I joined Brex and what is Brex, right? So basically, Brex is the company that is reinventing financial service for to support like any growing business, right? As an example, we see that businesses are growing, like they're becoming like global by default. So one of the things that we believe today is that we get a big global by default. But this is like more how we are changing as like our business, our clients are changing too. So how I joined Brex. I joined Brex in 2018 when we were a little bit less than 50 employees, right? We had just launched our first product. We were only one office, everyone there, like in the Bay Area. We didn't have like air conditioning. So a completely different company. We all did a little bit of like different things. And I normally joke that I have different titles. Depending with who I was talking with, I could be the VP of finance. I could be the director of finance. I could be the... VP of capital markets, or maybe the head of facilities. It depends on the day and the person. That's it. How did I got here and like what I do today? And so early days of Brex, I used to spend a lot of my time with like lenders, regulators, uh, and investors, especially on, on the, the lender side. We got to a point that we were growing too quick. And I realized whatever was selling to our investors and lenders and partners was not exactly what we had built in-house in process, right? We were growing too quick. And in that process, I started poking some operations areas, which by the time was, were not really consolidated under the same umbrella. And that's when I learned one of my biggest lessons. You've got to be careful with things that you poke because <laughs> that's when <laughs> the, the founders and Michael Tenenbaum, Brex's first employee, asked me to uh, run ops. And that's what I have been doing so took operations, we when we are like less than 40 people, we are over 400 today, including like Brexit internal employees and like some uh, outsourced. Okay, so what is operations today? Because I know it's coming different things in different companies. So basically, I run credit risk operations, which includes all the financial crime defense, including fraud, but also like AML. Payments operations, all the banking rails, we do have like a, an inch that is regulated by FINRA, as well as like the card product is a payment. So like anything related to payment operations, as well as customer experience, the, the support and customer success and all the functions to support those. So quality training, process improvement, program management. Yes, so that's a little bit what I do here. Poking the bear and ending up leading the entire thing. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, I think this is an interesting point. We kind of tackled actually in the past in the podcast too, 
which is there's almost like you guys grew to your point too fast or to a certain breaking point of where the the processes are just not you know what they are and when people think about that a lot of times they think about revenue that is being lost or like some some actual risk to the business but sometimes it's just not being able to meet goals or kind of you know again move efficient enough how did you guys approach it or like where you know i'm kind of curious about that that moment that caused you to poke the bear if you will and that's actually a very good question there was no revenue being lost we were actually growing extremely quick and to be honest our risk results like on the credit side they were like great and uh, so if you think about like the numbers themselves they would speak for breaks and it was my job of like selling anything it was super easy it, it didn't matter if it was to lenders or to investors or even like free regulators but the challenge was actually okay we do have amazing and super smart people doing all of those jobs but it's all on their head I mean, to, to scale, it's just not going to be possible, right? So it got to a point that we had like all those amazing people like in the Bay Area, like, okay, but how do we get this process to be a little bit more repetitive? Should we be thinking about quality reviews? What are our controls to make sure that, yes, we didn't make mistakes because our talent was just great. But with scale, we would be opening ourselves to mistakes. So it was like less about, oh, we had a risky issue of revenue or like problem with growth and it was more like do you know what we gotta tie everything together we gotta write all the standard operating procedures we gotta invest on training have like a workforce management function so we did a lot of those investments very early on one thing that is very interesting is when we first thought about outsourcing our team everyone said oh it's gonna be a mess it's gonna be problem and you need like a year to do this at least uh, you shouldn't do that it's going to impact your customer experience and i said oh but we need to scale quick like there is momentum in the market it doesn't make sense to scaling only the internal team not only like like cost related but it should, should be like following the sun and i said i think we can do it we launched our first outsourcing just a small team like with 12 people in less than three months and we never had the issues. But this, it goes back to the point that we had to create all the process very early on. When like, I mean, we didn't, it was not everything wrote it down. So I think it all helped us to continue to, to grow over the years. So that's why, yes, so I ended up in ops. <laughs> yeah, I think it's by itself is already a lesson. If things already broke, it's too late. And in a mm-hmm. way, seeing that things are working great, but can they... Can they scale? Yeah, can they scale? Can they continue to grow at the same pace and like and, and be proactive about it? But it's even more interesting, you know, with the financial times right now, like where you know the the state of the the, the markets and, and so on. I think a lot of companies are in that position to kind of reconsider, you know, some of their decisions. And probably if they have a better processes and a better structure, it's easier to scale up and down i think that the most important lesson is you need to be thinking okay what do i need to be ready to scale in the next six months in the next 12 months you do not need to think about like the next five years or 10 years because this is like too far away but you cannot be thinking about what you're going to do tomorrow like next week next month next quarter because this is too short 
So you need to find a way to like, okay, how do I think about, okay, in a year from now, so you can plan for today, but not too far away. And understanding, and I always joke about that, you got to be flexible and adaptable, right? So it's a year, but I know that maybe we slightly change the goals or maybe we completely change the goals in three months. So it's really like that solution for me to be scalable only in this specific path, or is it something that would allow me to maybe go in three different paths? So it's this short, this balance of like thinking long-term, but not too far away and being adaptable as you go. What helps you be adaptable? What are the tips to kind of be more adaptable? Don't take it personal. It's for the business. So uh, people... That's a good one. No, I normally, let let me be honest, I run operations, right? So Brex wouldn't be successful and it wouldn't be here if we haven't made the, the hard choice. But when we make the hard choice, and like we completely shift our strategy that we have been working for like six, nine months. I'm like, oh no, no way. And I got past, but then I realized, of course, we're going to shift our strategy, right? We are trying to do something that no one else ever did. So what I tell my team is like how I am adaptable, right? I go back to everyone and say, hey, if it was easy, we, we knew the recipe, but we all decided to come to try to do something new. Of course, we're going to need to try to reinvent ourselves. I mean, it didn't work. Yes, all of us spent time on it. A waste of time, maybe, or maybe not. It was a learning. Let's move on. So it's not a Camila. It's not a, I did wrong. It's not what I could have done better. It's just a change. Let's focus on the change. If you try to do too much, like what's happened, then you lose yourself in the past and you don't progress. Yeah, I love it. Well, I think a lot of other changes uh, well, you talked about a little bit of change, and I think uh, it's all like embracing the change, if you will, if I if I understand correctly, it's part of it too. It's like understanding that change is going to happen. Don't take it personal. It's great advice. And um, and and don't look too far, but not too, too short-sighted too. What, what do you think when, and again, it's to be kind of being with, with the times, you know, obviously you, we all came out of a pandemic or hopefully came out, you know, but you know, came up with with some of that turbulence, and there's the market turbulence right now. How has that been affecting uh, you personally, or your job, or or the team in general? Yeah, let me try to answer like those three things. Let's first the, the team, right? I would say in the beginning, everyone, and including myself, so maybe myself and the team, we were concerned about about being remote. We were forced to be remote, so we went through the, all the phases, right? We we're concerned, then we hated being remoted because like everyone, like, I mean, we didn't leave our places and it was not about because we are remote, but it's just because we didn't have like any social activity. And then we realized the flexibility that remote brings. And then we started liking again. So I think we, it's, it was like a learning exercise, but when I think about the business, Again, like people didn't know how to set up their agendas and like maybe they were like working too much or maybe like even work too little because they were not able to concentrate, right? But today we are much more productive remote than when we were like in the office. So, and I think people are much happier uh, working from home and having the flexibility than working from the office. From the business perspective, 
we have access to like this immense talent pool. It's not that all the talent in the world were like in New York and San Francisco. Now we can access to everyone, everywhere. So this is so much better. You can get people wherever they want to live uh, and the best people. There is no limitation. No, So I think for the business, for, for the, the teams, this ended up being great. On my side, I love to travel. So I think like a remote gave me this flexibility that maybe I didn't have as much. Like I was traveling for work, which maybe was not that fun. So I think it was a plus, plus, plus ever. This episode is brought to you by Tonkin. Tonkin is the operating system for business operations, providing businesses with the building blocks to orchestrate any process with no code or change management required. Contact us at Tonkin.com to learn how you can build complex processes fast. And if you're interested in staying up to date on all things business operations, join the Adaptive Ops community at operations.community. How much do you think this sort of like an early investment in those processes and the in the best practices and all stuff helped you guys with this transition? So fun fact, I took operations in January, February 22, any coming from finance or background in finance. And I knew that it would be a challenge, right? Like I mean, I would not be spending my all my time in Excel or so talking with like people, investors, blah. I would be actually be making decisions on the go. And then the pandemic hit. And then it had to start adjusting credit limits on a daily basis, right? So I think it was a whole process together because I was, like, I was taking operations and I knew that we needed all those processes, but we are also starting to live in this different world. Mm-hmm. So it's also helped us. So we have like also the writing culture at Brex, everything that we do here, like it's got to be documented, which helped. But I think maybe... I was also lucky and I was like on the right time, <laughs> like being right before and having to recreate, like invest in those process in the beginning of the pandemic, I think also helped us. Like today we are perfectly set up for, for being remote. So that's, that's good. That's great. Yeah. It's uh, almost sometimes the, the, the change you talked about earlier, sometimes that is the harder things for people to get started, like from a scenario where, there isn't a lot of process to now, you know, enforce a new process. And almost that the pandemic change was bigger than the changes that you would enforce yes. and, and somewhat more needed. And so it kind of helped, you know, now I think 400 or so people, that's, that's a different ball game. Uh, you guys are facing different type of challenges. What if maybe, you know, some of the things you've, you know, you feel like are, are, fundamentally different between operating a sub hundred company people to like when you in the getting to the mid mid thousand. I'll say something on the business side and like one personal thing for the business, the difference is there is no way that you can know everything that is happening. It's really hard. So making sure that people, and we are growing like launching things on a daily basis, right? So making sure that all the teams are involved, this require more processes. So the challenge that we have today that we didn't have in the past was how do we make sure that we tackle every single team that we understand all the risks. In the past, we needed to talk with three people. Now we need to talk with like 10 people or 15. So, and now we need to train much 
bigger groups of people. So all of that became like, I would say more challenging and different, but then you have the process which helps, but how many more process you want to create. So like, those are like all the trade-offs that we get to do. On the personal side, I like being an IC and I like getting things done, but I think today I honestly don't do anything. I joke that sometimes when I say, I would do that. No, no, no. I, I People, no, no, no. They get offended. Like, no, Camila, no worries. We do, you're going to review. And I was like, no, I can still write a Dasi and I'm going to show you that I can dress even quicker than you. Now, jokes apart, but sometimes it's harder to that people are okay that you're going to do something. They feel that, oh my gosh, there is a problem. And they're like, no, I, I'm just here to, to help. We work together for the same vision. So, yes. Well, that's I, can, kind of I, can, I can relate. To, you can relate, I bet. <laughs> like one-to-one. Happens like <laughs> 10 times a day. <laughs> right? Um, you're just trying to move quick. Yeah, exactly. No, no, you're the CEO. You shouldn't do that. Well, <laughs> we need to do it. Like, why are we, you know? Well, I think... The other thing that you sort of touched on, and I kind of want to touch on a bigger story too, is like when you get to that level, there's a lot of different teams and you need to touch more people, but then there might not be the same tight sort of like, I don't want to say culture, but like people come with different point of views. All of a sudden, there's just more people. There's more opinions. But even um, culture, yes. It, I think it's fair to say there are different culture and different teams sometimes. You still need to be unified under the same company vision, right? Everyone needs to really, like, I think we all really trust what we're doing here. And we believe that we have a mission for, like, our customers. But in the end of the day, the, the culture of operations is different than finance culture, which is different in, like, uh, engineering and products. Like, all those teams have to operate in different ways. I'm an engineer, by, by <laughs> my degree, at least. So it's just different. If, like, you're coding, you cannot be in meetings all the time. So... This already creates a different setup of like of like routines which ask you to to react different to your day by day, right? And similarly, like sometimes you were like on, on the I'm the normal external function, and you're gonna be like in so many external meetings, sometimes you just like need okay, I do wanna <laughs> so those things like bring up like different challenges and like especially on the remote work, right? So how we can tie it all back. So I think in this process is you need to give like the leaders of all those different organizations room to, of course, we got to be aligned as a company, but things may be different with like small teams. One thing that I like a lot is because we are remote, we have this culture of offsite and the teams can do their own offsite. This is helpful because we are not in the office, but the team can set the culture. It is still the same culture for all because everyone in the company is experienced off-site and we still have like one company off-site. But with the smaller teams, you can be you can do different strategies. So let the teams operate on their way and whatever makes them more effective if everyone is aligned and working under the company values and it's tied to the same mission and goals. I'm a massive believer in, in this last point. I think that is how you actually get any functional team to work is is to understand like what is people are good at where where you kind of focus their energy and, and in your point when you take a zoom out that same goes to the teams to the departments and, mm-hmm. and and let them work you know some of those cultural differences some of those preferences especially when you acquire more you know new teams too and have their own sort of set of processes and how does it also affect technology so i kind of curious about 
you know, acquiring other teams too, but like in general, like how does it all kind of come together with not only how, uh, how we think about things, but you also kind of need all of it to sing together, if you will. Perfect. We just acquired Prime. This is all over the media, right? So we just had to go for like a, a whole integration process. And it went actually pretty smooth. It's smooth. And why I think those things happen and like how we can be successful. In the end of the day, the teams have to work together. So the first thing is you always need to, to expect the other is coming with the best intention. We are all here for Brex. We all have a stock in the company. We all want the company to do well. And we all believe that we're creating the, the best like solutions for our customers. So if we are all super aligned and I don't know anything about one area and someone from that area is telling me this is the right, even if it's like a constraint for my team, I need to, to understand like, okay, this person is coming with the best intention. Let me stop and try to understand what they're saying. An example operations and sales, credit products, right? There are like a lot of friction. So how do I balance? I get a, get your point that it's not only a sales target, they want to grow the company too. And my risk box may be too risk averse. Should I reconsider that? So creating opportunities so those teams can talk and there is an open feedback culture. This is also super important. And forcing them to work together because we are all one team. No one will succeed without each other. But respecting, hey, I don't need to know about that. Thing. Of course, the sales team knows much better about sales than me. Marketing knows much better about marketing than me. So if they're saying, I listen. And they, I expect them to listen when I'm talking about operations and risk. So, And then we find our spots. It may be, look more simple, of course, that are constraints, but... Uh, in the end of the day, if you give this space for conversation, very open feedback, I think things work well. What would you say for you know from someone that maybe you know was you in that two years ago? So like got got the job in operations, maybe owns operations right now, and feel like again there's a change in the market, there's a change, there's an opportunity to make some some big some big changes internally as a response to the market changing. Like, you know, you had the, you know, the cloud of the pandemic that sort of like give the openness, even drive more openness with people to kind of like, okay, change is happening. So let's embrace the change. What would be the sort of like, I don't know, it's, it's always hard, those questions, like what would be the one tip, but like, what would be like the, le- the biggest learning maybe that you feel like can move the needle for some of those people? I would go back to be flexible do not be too short sighted, but I think about the the long term, like what you need to do to be okay. And after the down, macro downturn, like be able to be like in a strong position. And one thing that I didn't mention today is do not be afraid to hire people that are better than you. All my direct reports are better than me. They have much more experience than myself. And this is great. Like I, I just need to guide them like for like whatever breaks want should you. And like, this is my main job. But if they are experts on like different areas, that's it. Find people that are better than you and do not be afraid about that. I think that's amazing advice. Well, we're coming up on time, but this was this was extremely insightful. And I think some very, very, very clear takeaways. So I really, really appreciate it. If anyone want to follow up with you or, you know, nerd about those things, where can you be found? Is it LinkedIn, Twitter? Yes, yes, please. Like LinkedIn, just like 
touch base and say that you heard like the podcast and I'll be more than happy to connect. Awesome. Well, Camila, this was a pleasure and I really enjoyed this. So thank you for doing this again. Thank you. Talk soon. <laughs> Bye-bye. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Modern Business Operations. You can see the show notes and all of the resources mentioned in today's episode at talking.com slash M-B-O-P-O-D. Thank you for listening and be sure to subscribe for updates on future episodes. 